The guilt is not where you hang out. The guilt lets you know that your body, from in your body's center of your core, that you are misaligned with your active values, your conscious values, right? And if you're not willing to feel the feels, you can't get past that. Because yeah. like, I don't think you're gonna think your way out of it. And so like for me, an equitable relationship is where you don't pull that piece back, right? Because I, you know, I want you to feel the feels and I want you to give me the opportunity to say to you, push through. Hey everybody, welcome to In Pursuit Across Racial Friendship. I'm Eva. I'm Jason. Hi Eva. Hi sweet one. How are you? I'm doing okay, I think. Um, maybe before we dive in, uh, we could talk a little bit about anything that's been coming up for us since our last conversation, last episode. You know, right. um, I don't know what it is, but it seems like people really want to check in with us. And, um, and, and that makes me think, that makes me feel like what we're doing is important because it seems so far outside of the pattern um, of, first of all, having the kind of conversations that we have that are kind of difficult, but also intimate in nature because it's you and me in conversation. There's nobody else around. And it's the kind of pull aside conversation. <laughs> like, let's right. have this conversation because the result of an incident, there's not an incident per se. Um, so it's not typical and, um, and it's fascinating and really lovely to see all of the, um, the questions that arise. So I, I got a couple of thank you notes for people, be, you know, for my vulnerability, which, you know, I, that's who I am as an educator. That's who I am as a trainer. I go in and I'm, I'm vulnerable and, I, and it's my offering to, as an educator in the space, my willingness. And so I was blessed with the gift of willingness and so I'm willing to try and willing to engage and willing to fail and willing to, um, um, to, to, to give it a shot. Um, also because I also have a sincere belief in my own resilience and my ability to, to kind of bounce back at some point, <laughs> even if it's not in the, in the moment. So I got a lot of, of messages um, from people like thanking me and, and, really kind of reflecting on their own stuff. How about you? Yeah, I had a couple people checking in after they heard the last episode where I was like, I'm mediocre. And, you know, you saying, you acknowledging that if we're going to have an equitable friendship that we really need to, um, I, I mean, it was at the, the, the teaser at the beginning of the episode is you saying, I need to be able to we need to challenge the expectation that I show up in the room on my knees, you know? So like hearing those things, I've, I've had people reach out and just make sure that I'm not being too hard on myself. And, and I love what you just said about willingness because I think I dove into this because of a willingness to, to, to listen, even though I know that's not one of my strengths, and I want to talk about that. Hopefully today we'll talk about that 
in, in, in relation to our friendship. And, um, and also just a willingness to grow. I just want to not be doing harm in the world. And um, so, so yeah, so that, that really resonates with me, that idea of a willingness. Um, yeah, and when I think about this in, the, in this kind of arc of liberation, and like for me, I have been on this long arc of self-liberation. It's like, what am I willing to let go of in order to be free of structures that narrow my humanity or narrow my plane of existence. And for me, like I'm willing to take a risk in order to have the payoff of more complete understanding, more complete articulation. Um, and so for me, I'm like it's, it, this is rooted in this long arc of self-liberation, which I feel like you know, for me, it's about ridding myself of structures. And I have a feeling that that's similar to what it is that you're, you're doing too. Because this to, to rid yourself of your own white supremacy, which is what I'm doing for me, irrespective yeah. of the fact that I'm a person of color, is about self-liberation. Absolutely. And I use that word. You asked me at the end of my segment in the last episode, how's that feel? And I felt, I said, and it was so true, I feel like I can breathe. So I really reflected on that over the week and try to find other opportunities to continue that breathing, like where I can find breath. But the, the truth is, if I'm, if, you know, being fully authentic, is I can tell that I'm, um, I am, uh, the, the realness of our conversation and the reality that we have an imbalance in our friendship, which we're gonna talk about today, how we rebalance that. Um, has brought sadness to me. Like there's just, there's just a weight this week in everything I do. And it's funny, it came out by Wednesday, everything at work was just irritating me. And then I realized, oh, this is, I think a manifestation of not knowing what to do with the, what you and I discussed. It's like mm. feeling powerless. So I was like, work is frustrating and then um luckily i have an amazing supervisor who checked in and was like hey you don't seem like yourself everything okay and i was like yeah and it just gave me that moment again to reflect and realize oh no this is about this heaviness i'm feeling which i'm totally okay with i just need to be able to name it instead of letting it um manifest into other excuses to ignore it um so and i want to be very clear heaviness not even negative but just the reality that like there the lightness of ignorance is going away and so you know that that's what i mean by heaviness it's like more the truth is sitting with me now um in a way that i i never experienced at least not in our friendship so you know you know some of the some of the things that's popping up for me right now is like you know when you are given opportunities um that don't feel fair once you recognize they were not given to others mm -hmm. right like you 
you really allow yourself the opportunity to be in better alignment with your morals and your values. Yeah. Right. Because I feel like there's so many folks who like want to hide behind the fact that they are fair. They would never actively blah, blah, blah. They would never consciously blah, blah, blah. And it doesn't change the fact that it is. Right. Right. They're just kind of hiding behind the morality of it. And so the question, you know, so for me, I, I feel like it's all opportunity for you to yeah. get into better you know, and to me, that is less, it could feel like a weight in the moment. And like, whatever it is that you're carrying in that, in you, like, what could you do to put that thing on the floor and use it as a step up to, for others? Like, that's the part where I'm just like, how do we, whatever that thing is, how do we make it constructive? You just nailed it. Like you just opened up a door for me because I think Wednesday's frustration was a recognition that I'm operating as I as I'm learning more truth and like seeing the the reality of imbalance and um, through our friendship, I'm operating in a structure that is unintentionally maintaining those imbalances. And so the powerlessness of like here's a full system. Now I have new knowledge. I'm not the only one with the knowledge. I have a full staff of people who are probably all, you know, in their own way, especially my colleagues of color who have been saying this forever. Um, and there's like, what do I do with this? So your point, like, so I have to figure out how I use it as a step to the next thing, as opposed to just feeling a weight on me. It should be a step to the next thing. Or like, how do you take that step and slide it over to a person of color to use or not use? Right. Right. Or and to find another thing that could be akin to that because that's the scaffolding. Like we have to recreate the scaffold. Yeah. In order, like you know, because I got so many thoughts about the scaffolding. You know, some people think it's like you know, you wear the right outfit, you use the you use the the right English, and um, all of a sudden those are the things, but those are not the things. Mm -hmm. right that really like support a trajectory of equity right. um right so like those are some of the things that i'm thinking about but yeah that's what's up slide it over to the people of color that you're working with i'm excited yeah me too let's dive in yeah i was gonna say let's dive in Jason, we have spent quite a few hours <laughs> talking about our relationship as friends in, you know, cross-racial friendship um, specifically and um, about what it looks like, what it feels like. And, um, you know, we, I don't know if, I mean, I think you have listened deeply and you've noted some some areas of growth as as I you know last at least last time talked about specifically some areas of growth that I'm still building into or um, it's really a, a question of stop doing not start doing so what do you think about unpacking our relationship going forward and this idea of like what does it mean you know, at first we talked about like what it would look like to rebalance. Um, but I have a wonder about 
that as an idea, as a preset, right? Like that, that we need balance in our relationship or to balance it back. Um, so if we were gonna have a cross-racial relationship that it was equitable, Jason. Yeah. What do you think, given our conversation, it looks like, it feels like, it sounds like, and what are you doing in order for that to be? So you're, you're asking me to go? I'm gonna lay that at your feet, my friend. Okay. What it looks like to me, there are a couple of things that I walked away from our last conversation really thinking about. One is admiring you. So all week I've been thinking about admiration and now it's so, I wanna say out loud that I think our equitable friendship has an aspect of an admiration from me of you, if that makes sense. And so when I, when I think about that, I wonder if that's a, a, a friendship or if that's more of like a mentor-mentee relationship or if that can actually be both. Like if, if those two things can exist at the same time. Because you said to me in the last episode, at the end of the episode, you, you encouraged me to show up as a learner. And so I've been thinking about that too. And so since, since that conversation, I've been examining every space that I'm in, which is mostly just workspace because we're in a pandemic and I'm in no other spaces. And um, what does it mean for me to be a learner? Because in many ways, I'm a leader in my position. And so I'm trying to explore what that means. So in terms of our friendship, it's actually easy for me to show up as a learner. And I, what I've, I recognized over our conversations, this series of conversations, is I was trying to, I was trying to avoid, um, I mean, I think I said it in the first episode when we talked about what our fears are about authenticity and being authentic, is that this is going to be teach the white guy. And I think in many aspects, as I listened to the episodes, as I, you know, put them together over the weeks, it's a lot of it was that. And so I think I inadvertently, not, not genuinely showed up as a learner because I was trying to avoid you having to teach me. And yet I'm starting to come to a place, and I'm curious what you think about this and how you'll respond to this, but I'm, I'm trying to be okay with being the learner in our friendship and trying to be open to that still being a friendship, even if there's um, what I, okay, here's what's coming up for me as I say that. And this is the first time, like I, I'm just saying what just came to my head, which is um, when we talk about superiority and white superiority, what I'm imagining is the role of learner does not feel superior. And that does not feel like what I've been taught I should be striving for. And so there's an aspect of me, I'm still working through like trying to get things right and to be right. And even though I'm aware that that's not, like that's a, you know, a, a characteristic of 
like white supremacy, if you, if you think about those characteristics from Tema Kuhn and Kenneth Jones, um, that makes me feel like, makes me feel uncomfortable in our friendship if it's not as equal as I deem it should be, the way that I've defined um, my role as a white man. Does that make sense? I guess it, it does make sense. I have to say that you saying to be an admirer feels really weird um, for me, not because I don't think I'm awesome, because I am. And <laughs> because, you know, you there are many reasons why I am. Yeah. But I mean, the measurement is that I'm further along in my thinking about race than yours. It's not because it's me. It's because I'm a person of color in a system that required me to learn the rules in order to survive. Right. And you you had the benefit of having like whether you whether you knew the rules or not in an active conscious way, like it was you were winning no matter what. Yeah. Um, and so like, I mean, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know, some of it, it just kind of sits, sits with me in a yucky way. Yeah. Um, but I recognize that part of the, the learning curve is acknowledging that some people may be further along in their thinking than yours, right? And, and to admire the fact that I'm in the place that I am as an individual, right? And you maybe that is really tied to your aspirations to be further along, to, to move along in your trajectory. So like I'm willing to, I can, I could receive it from that, yeah. distinguish in that way. Yeah, I, I think for me, the admiration isn't that you're further along. I, that is a given. The admiration for me is the um, authenticity in which you show up in spaces. I see, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really what the admiration is. And, and I know that I'm not making that up right now. That is how I, how I saw my admiration for you because I've never known you. Although I think I've gotten to know you better through these conversations, that was the goal but I've never known you not to be you. Um, and so that's my admiration because I don't think I'm fully authentic when I show up in spaces because I'm playing by the rules of, like, I want a promotion and I know how to play those rules, whether it was, and now it's very obvious, but I, you know, I think I just learned those things. So that's where my admiration lies. And, uh, but I hear you on the ickiness of, um, what that what that can feel like, and and I'll definitely keep thinking about that because I don't want you to feel icky. <laughs> well, you know, I I probably am more authentic than the average, but I want you to know that for me, the tipping point or the point of where I'm gonna stand in my authenticity was when I left that job that we sh that place that we mm. both worked at mm. because I decided that. No matter the loyalty I showed, no matter the 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 ways that the, the ways I tried to demonstrate commitment and care to the work that I was being paid to do, and then my no matter how flexible I I was when you know my was like shifting roles and economically it looked like an uncertain place, 
throughout all of that and I realized that it, it was meaningless um, because that care was not two way. Mm. Um, and when I left, I moved into a position where I seriously said, I'm here and if I have to be anybody else than who I am, I don't want this job. Mm. And I actually said that mm. to the person who would be my supervisor and he was he was open to it. I don't think he realized how how liberated <laughs> I was, um, because like I do to a lot of people, I scare a lot of people um, because I'm so like because I believe so deeply in my authenticity yeah. as a driver for my spirit. Like I just like if, when I'm not when I'm inauthentic, I feel disconnected from my spirit, and I just won't. Yeah. Right. My spirit is too beautiful and powerful and important for me to do what I do as, and be disconnected from it. Um, there was another point that you made about, you said about the aspiration. Oh, the learner stance. Right. Um, you know, I think ultimately it's about racial humility. Mm. And not, and so like when, when there is a lack of racial humility, there is an assertion of the one way to do it. There's the, there is the, you know, we, we tend to occupy the space with the white dominant norm, right? right? And to ha and to dem and to be racially humble, right? Is to be open to feedback, to, to explore possibility that there are other ways to be that. And I feel like there's a, there's also these intersection of race and gender yeah. and class that come into effect in these spaces. Right. Cause like we, we we're trying to talk about these things in isolation and, and there's, and you know, and like all of these things kind of influence our thinking, right. Our race, gender, yeah. class. Um, and you know, it just so happens that I'm in the, in the, in the down, in the down category, right? In the oppressed category and across the board. Right. Um, but like, I feel like those, those are, those are elements that when, when I ask for racial humility, it's really about power humility and about recognizing that there, there's a lot more going on and we really want to explore, or I really want you to lean into the possibility that in every weird space, there's probably power happening. There's a lot more to unpack with what I said, at least for me. But in the in the spirit of sharing the space, as we talk about more and more equitable friendship, I want to. curious what that equitable friendship looks like, sounds like, and feels like for you. Well, I think sharing space. Yeah. Right. And creating and being with intention about um, checking in with somebody, even if it's hard and yeah. listening, even if it's hard. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess I, I'm think one, the one thing that comes up for me and it's something that I continue to think about is, you know, and we've had this conversation a couple of times around your emotion and your ability or um, or the strain of what it means for you to like engage emotionally 
-hmm. And it might be a gender thing um, in terms of me feeling like emotion is, uh, is a tool for connection. So then when you, so when you rescind that, when you like pull back on the emotion or you don't put that as an offering into the space, you know, like I'm wondering on how, how deep are you wading into these waters, Jason? And so just acknowledging all the gender stuff, there's the race stuff, there's the gender stuff, there's the queer stuff, right? Like are all of those things that um, you've had to navigate in your life and you have probably created patterns that protected you or patterns where like that ensured you would be affirmed that I'm asking you to break a pattern. Um, but for me, it's like, if you remain in the intellectual space, which I have to say is kind of bullshit. Right. And I mean that in a loving way, right. That it's not, it's not something where it's like not a value. I think the value is naming that you think it's a, it's a place where you're analyzing how to make sense of the racial hierarchy, right? Like you're trying to, like, how do I get back into the rule and not experience what that rule, uh, that's not the right way to say it. I just whatever the emotion is. It's just like if you go back into the head and you're not willing to really fully experience what if it's even if it's the guilt, the guilt is not where you hang out. The guilt lets you know that your body from in your body's center of your core that you are misaligned with your active values, your conscious values. Right? And if you're not willing to feel the feels, you can't get past that. Yeah. Because I don't think you're going to think your way out of it. Yeah. And so, like, for me, an equitable relationship is where you don't pull that piece back. The feeling piece. The feeling piece. Right? Because, I, you know, I want you to feel the feels. And I want you to give me the opportunity to say to you, push through. Right. Um, but the uh -oh. other thing is. I believe Jason, and this was the thing I had to teach myself, right? Like, like, and this is the thing that I'm continuing to unlearn is that I have to believe that you are resilient enough to get through it. And if yeah. I have to do that in order to just be truthful and just give you the truth as it is, then you have to believe yourself that feeling the feels, feeling the feels that you will live through that as well. How does that land? I know I will live through it. That I'm confident of. But here's what just came up for me. And I say this um, for the white people listening to examine this. So you said something in there that was like, maybe it's a, maybe it's a, maybe the pulling back of the feelings is the way that I have thrived or succeeded in a white supremacy environment. And what I had a really clear image of, it is the way I manage not being treated the way you were treated. At, in, in, in the case that I know of, at our shared 
work. There is mm -hmm. risk I have told myself in being fully present emotionally, not just intellectually, in a work environment. And I think that for me as a gay man, it's maybe magnified that I've had to like really pull back my feelings because I'm afraid of being too gay in a very straight world. Um, but it's an acknowledgement in this moment by hearing what you just said made me go, oh, that, and also the way you described guilt is the feeling of a misalignment with my core values. That is so true for me. I never heard it that way, never thought of it that way. And that is really powerful. That to me provides a step to the next thing rather than a weight that's holding me down. Can I say something? Yeah. So like, now that we're talking to the white people who are listening, thanks for listening. Um, white women and the tears when we're if we're having these conversation yeah like i have to say i have to believe too that they will live through it yeah. and that the the tip off of their tears could be a lot of things right it could be a lot of things it could be you know that misalignment piece um but i know that it also is a strategy to derail important conversations. Yeah. And like, and I know as a, as a woman of color, like I'm not ever entitled to the space of emotions. Right. Um, you know, as broad as in that broad band of emotions. Yeah. And so like, you know, uh, you know, like I want to honor emotions, but I want to honor it and not default to the, the, the prototypical, we're going to stop. I'm going to stroke your hair and comfort you. Yeah. I'm just going to say, no, Yeah. pick it up, yeah. stay with it, decompress if you need to decompress. But if I stop, then I'm succumbing to the, to the strategy that's often used to derail important conversations about race. And so like for, for the white ladies, the white women who are listening, it's like your role is to kind of navigate the gender piece and the race piece and recognize that white women in particular can try to shut things down without you even actively consciously recognizing that it is it what you're going to do. And I am not, or I hope people of color recognize that we don't have to allow that to derail these important conversations if we're going to be in relationship. That's all I got to say about that. So, Eva, I'm curious, um, you know, for those who are listening, we're, we're on Zoom right now, so we see each other. So in the last, you asked me how what you said landed, and then I went on this like verbal vomit that I tend to do as I'm trying to figure things out. And then I noticed your body language, and there are times when like you'll nod, and I feel like, okay, this is making sense. And there are times when, when I'm done and I look at you, you're like, blank face and then you go, okay, here's the thing. And so my question is, I guess, 
Like, can we be friends? Honestly, um, in, in, in relationship that requires one of the friends to be figuring shit out so that we can have a more equitable friendship. You know what I mean? Because what I observed you doing is like being patient. <laughs> and so then yeah. when, I, when, I, when I think about my friendships I'm, and the ones I have to be patient with, I'm like, are those my friends? So to me, having a friendship with you, I, there, I don't think any listener would not understand the value to me. And we talked about this last episode too, but I want to ask you directly, is there a value in being friends with me? I find you, okay, well, let me just give you the, the, what happened for me. So I talked to you about the need to be emotional, right? And to, to offer that. And you went and gave a tip to white people. So it's just like, so here you are redirecting outward, Jason, right? When your, your feelings, your emotions are not going to be anywhere outside of yourself. And so like, so I know you heard me. Yeah. And I know you're a processor, like a deep processor, and you need time to like do that. And so like, I feel like, okay, so can we be friends? I mean, I feel like I definitely feel much more closer to you than, than we have been. Um, and I find you so joyous and we have some shared interests, particularly gardening and stuff gardening. like that. Right. Like, yes. you know what I mean? And your hair, I which looks, huh? and your hair, which looks, and my hair. Yeah. And so I feel like, you know, like that to me makes me want to like, to feel definitely feels closer to you. Um, and I just should just say that it's hard to be my friend because like I practice kind of a more radical form of love and friend and friendship and, and like liberation and stuff like that. And so if you're not going to go there, to kind of excavate some of that emotional disconnection, I, I really fear that you will not be able to stay motivated in this work. I think it'll, it'll continue to be external. It'll, it'll continue to be this thing where you position yourself as a leader still, because that's what your, you know, your auto patterns are telling you, right? That you're a leader in this organization and that somehow feels meaningful in terms of your knowledge base, even though you've acknowledged it out loud, right? Yeah. That, you, you know, that it's not necessarily fully the, you know. So like, I don't know how you stay racially humble if you can't navigate through that feeling space about, or the, the feeling space that protects you and therefore protects the, um, the patterns that exist within you. Yeah. I, I feel like I could be friendlier with you. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't fear you, right? Because we started the conversation or you know, when we started talking about this, it's like, I don't fear you because you can take nothing from me. I've, I've cut ties with that organization right. and engaged my own healing and that's gonna happen with or without you. And so you hold no power over me, except if you're like, we see you on the street and, you know, you, you, you call in 911. Um, so I, I feel like 
I, I don't, I just don't see you. I don't see a real pathway to off like us being authentically connected. Mm-hmm. If you can't get to the authentic yeah. space. Yeah. But just in terms of like, you know, in, in the hierarchy of people that I'm close with, do you know what I mean? I feel like you and I have had more discussions and conversations of substance than most people who call themselves friends yeah. ever bother to have yeah. because it's far yeah. more easier to go to a Beyonce concert and like be surface and topical in the moment and harder to have the conversations about colorism and why yeah. Beyonce is so adored um, and embraced by white, white mainstream media. You know what I'm saying? How many cross-racial friendships are having that discussion? They're right. not having that discussion. Right. They're like, wow, get yeah. it, girl. Look what you're doing in those five-inch heels. Oh, my God. And all of those things are to be awe-inspired about Beyonce, but not, but not that conversation about race, colorism, and yeah. mainstream media. You know, we're not, they're not having those kind of conversations. But I think that as friends, you and I can have those conversations because you have an interest. I I hear you. Um, it, I feel confident that the motivation to connect to the emotion is now um, just an intrinsic motivation. It's not for our friendship's purpose. I did a session with a friend who, um, actually my friend's girlfriend and and. I got an invite to this two-hour virtual session that was connecting to the, the body. And it was a cross-racial experience. There were probably eight of us. And she's a yoga instructor. And so I think there were three black women and five white people, two men, three women. And um, we went through this experience and meditation was part of it. And in that, I was, I started, um, it can, it, it created an intrinsic motivation to just always in my life, whether you and I are friends or not, to be operating from a more full, like, more fully who I am, not just intellectually, but emotionally, and just my body as well. And um, at another time, I'll tell you some other things that came up for me. Um, so that I'm committed to. So when I hear you say all of that, and I agree to it, um, because there are other things, like you said, that we talk about that we don't talk about on this podcast, like your garden, your eggplants, and your, like, gardening is my jam. It's like, if I could, you know, drop everything and just do that the rest of my life, I would. So the fact that you do that, it's like a real connection and, um, but I also, yeah, yeah, but I, I really, I hear that this is on me in terms of how deep our friendship is. Um, and so, like you said, I'm a processor and things, I, I never stop. I will not stop processing this conversation. Um, and uh, yeah, I think, but I, but I will say that I'm, um, I'm wondering what everyone listening is thinking as, 
because we're like, I'm not sure if we're going to be authentic friends after we've done like 12 conversations about with the goal to be in pursuit of cross-racial friendship. listener I kind of want to know like after 12 episodes what where are we so maybe each of us can say like two or three sentences of what we're taking away and where we think we are okay do you want me to go first or I'll try to go first but I just want to acknowledge that my sentences are really long and have a lot of that's, that's the it's trick common. of it. That's another thing we have in common. <laughs> okay, so I guess what I'm taking away is that there is real power in being willing to and able to name harm that's being done to me as a person of color when I take on the responsibility of taking care of white people in my relationships, whether that's friendship or work or otherwise. Um, and also that I think it's important to, I think it's important to change the architecture of how we, how we engage. You know, like I think like this holding space, creating space conversation feels really super hokey, woo woo, whatever. But I actually feel like it, it is necessary in order for us to give the time to it. Like, you know, we have to create the time and then maybe it's not in reaction to the violent killing of a person. Mm -hmm. um, but like all of that stuff relates and it, it, it goes around us, but I think we need to create time and space. And I think people who want to have equitable relationships need to create time and space to have the conversations because I think that it was certainly valuable from my experience. Yeah. Um, for me, what I'm taking away is um, my need to I mean, I'm taking away so much. I, I think I've made that clear. Like I, I've um, just appreciated every moment of our conversations and appreciated you so much. But um, the thing that I know is the key to our a more equitable friendship is the connecting to my emotions and feelings and not keeping everything at an intellectual level. And I can feel that I haven't even scratched the surface of what that means and how I'm going to internalize that into action. Um, but I know it intellectually and I know myself and I know that there will be a day when I go, oh, it happened. Oh, it's there, I got it. Like, so I, I trust myself to think about it nonstop until I internalize it. Um, and I'm excited about that because uh, I, one thing that I do feel very strongly about is um, that I, I'm invested in your healing um, as your friend. 
And I haven't given you much space to do that, the amount of space I would like to in the future through these conversations. I've taken up a lot of space, but what you just said about holding space and being intentional about that, I, I um, you know, if we're talking about equitable friendship, for me, I have to really um, not only think about how I, I'm connecting to my feelings, but also the intentionality of how I hold space for you to do whatever you need. Yeah, we both need racial healing. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, so we've had some really good beginning of conversations. I think it's clear that there's still more work to be done that we need to do independently and with each other. Um, but I'm thinking like we've probably taken this further along than we either one of us thought, or at least I, I'll just speak for myself than I thought. <laughs> um, I, but I think it's time to, to invite other people into this, into this relationship. Not so, not in so much of a, a weird way, but I mean like, you know, like what if we invited people who have cross-racial friendships who are further along than we are, or have taken the same journey or a, mm -hmm. their own journey, um, maybe somebody to come in and, you know, give us more food for thought and to, you know, into consideration. Because I, I feel like the people who have checked in with me um, have certainly moved my own thinking and, um, you know, lit a fire under me um, that helped me say some things that I wanted to say. What do you think about that? I love it. I love that idea. Um, yeah, I, th I think that'll be exciting. So, so our next series then, we're gonna, and it'll take us a while to figure out who these guests are gonna be. So it, we're not sure when we're gonna be coming back, but um, we will, let's come back and do, do a series with other people who have had their own journeys to figure out their authentic relationships and equitable friendships. Um, yeah, that, that's actually really exciting. And if you're listening and you have any ideas of people that you think are that or like, just let us know, like give us suggestions on guests that we can invite to talk with us. I'd also like to know how, if you're listening, how are you using this, this podcast? Are, are you using it? Are you, are you sharing it with a friend? Um, or is it just for your own, um, for your own thinking and reflection? I, I have a I have a real wonder about that because I think knowing how people are using it might also might also inform how we approach it um, next season. Yeah, I guess this is a great time to just thank all of you who have listened and continue to listen. We hope you'll come back in this next series of conversations that we're excited to have. Um, in terms of what Eva was saying, like let us know how you're using this. Um, to, to inform like what the next series of conversations is going to be go to our facebook page we have a page for in pursuit of cross-racial friendship you'll find there just post your questions there 
and um, we'd love to hear from you. Also, if you're listening on iTunes, rate us, give us a review. I joked last time, like only if you like it though, um, but no, you can be honest and, and uh, let the world know what you think of us. If you think that this is valuable and important. I also think that if you want to slide in the DMs and say something off um, off the page, because you know, you're, you want to regard your own uh, privacy in the ways that Jason and I have completely thrown it out the window, um, and you want to do it a different way. That totally makes sense. I'm at Eva Vega World on Twitter and Instagram, um, but I'm also Eva Vega Olds on Facebook. Um, so if you want to slide in the DMs and um, you know ask a question or make an observation, I'm totally open to seeing that. But do we can we get messages like in the DMs on the Facebook thing, Jason? Uh, I'm not sure. Try. And if not, you can find me too, Jason Soroyce on Facebook. Um, and definitely feel free to message me. I am always open to feedback and processing partners. <laughs> uh, we don't want to receive any pictures. If, so just want to be clear right. about that. Not really interested in pictures. Right. That's so true. Someone asked if we were going to post a picture of ourselves on the Facebook page. I'm like, I don't know. I kind of want people to have their own image of us. But you'll you'll find us now. I was gonna say, well, let's take a let's take a um, let's take a screenshot of us now. Can you do that? Because I don't know how to on my PC take okay. screenshot. Okay, I'm gonna do it. Say cheese. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Um, so thank you, everyone, and uh, and Eva, thank you so much. I, I'm really excited about continuing this conversation. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate you. All right, season one, end scene. Thank you for being